Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Hello, everybody. You know, I've uh, I've done a lot of work in the COVID, and I've done some behind-the-scenes work on election fraud. I've been doing things for a while there. Uh, I've looked at this. I've got a lot of great friends who've been really focused in the election fraud uh, realm. And it's becoming really a a critical thing to look at again, because we're getting into 2024. Uh, We're getting to the point where, you know, we see how desperate these people are to keep Trump out, to make sure that you get the right people in. I mean, look what's happening in Congress. We couldn't even get a speaker, right? It's an absolute disaster. The political situation is, is nightmarish right now. And if we think that they won't try and steal another election, well, I mean, we're lying to ourselves, right? So as we look around, I talk to, you know, my Seth Keschels, my uh, uh, Mike Lindells, all, you know, all my friends who are working on this. One of the names that you may or may not be familiar with is a guy named Robert Beatles. Now, Robert Beatles is a self-made guy. He's an entrepreneur. He's, a, he's just a, a heck of a guy. Uh, of course, because he's working on this and supporting this, he gets lambasted in the media as, you know, being, uh, you know, an evil, awful right winger, which generally means he's probably our kind of people and a, a good guy. And he is. He is. So I met Robert a few years back. And the thing that I like about Robert is Robert, you know, I mean, he's a guy who's done well for himself. He's done a lot of these things, but he's put his money where his mouth is and he's put his effort as well. I do run into the occasional money guy that will, uh, you know, that'll do things you know, to support us on this or support us on that. But, but Beatles, he's actually, not only is he spend an immense amount of his own money fighting, you know, just for transparency and truth, but he actually physically takes his own time. The guy's actually active. He actually does things. So, so Robert is out of Nevada. And I think that it's very important we talk about Nevada, right? So Nevada is a swing state. It's a core state for the elections coming forward. But it's a very under-discussed state. When we talk about election issues, you hear uh, Detroit, you hear Arizona, you hear Cary Lake. But Nevada's got as many, if not more, problems as any of these other places. Now, the thing about 2020, 2022 is, uh, you know, Nevada elected Joe Lombardo, who's a Republican, and good for them right? Good for them. But do you really think that that means that there's no fraud occurring there? I mean, because a Republican won one office, uh, you've got to understand the dynamics of Nevada. Okay. So Nevada has two places in the entire state that are anything other than diehard red. And that is, that's Las Vegas and Reno, right? Uh, The rest of the state is, is just diehard conservative, Somehow, those two places overcame the rest of the state. And you know, Robert's been working on this ever since. So I want to bring him in and let him talk about this with you guys. But I, I really think it's critical because it's a state that hasn't been looked at as much as it should be. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite proud to say that, you know, Robert and I are, you know, discussing how we can work together to make all these things happen and uh, to really make this state better and to kind of clean up and show what's going on there. So without further ado, let me introduce my friend Robert Beatles. How you doing, Robert? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. So, uh, if you're listening to the intro, you know I, I blew a lot of sunshine up your rear because that's what I, you know, it's what you do in the intros. But uh, but I meant it, right? So you've 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 not only just spent money and hired lawyers, but I mean, 
I know, yeah, because we have mutual friends. You know, I know that you're you're down at the county GOP seats. You're you're running around. You're doing all these things. You're putting on events. I mean, you've been you've really put your not only your money where your mouth is, but you've really put your heart into this. Uh, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, God's been great to us. So this is kind of my way of giving back. My great uncle was Ben Franklin. He gave us a republic. I'm just trying to do my part and making sure that we keep it. Uh, which is, uh, as we can see, it, it hasn't been going the direction that we wanted to. So we're working on that. But uh, yeah, there's lots of things that we've saw that happened in November of 20, January of 21. We saw the fraud. We saw it, you know, basically solidified, and, and nobody came to save us. And so from that point on, the wife convinced me to show people versus tell people how to solve these problems. And so I've spent millions of my own dollars supporting people running for office, exposing all the different election issues. I've even in my spare time got my Juris Doctor where I'm actually suing the county and I'm suing three different officers. I've got other lawsuits where I'm suing the governor as well as the Secretary of State. Been so effective. They create things called Beatles bills where legislative uh, bills come together and the legislature passes these bills, for instance, like SB 406, or rather than trying to debate me, or rather than trying to argue or show that I'm wrong or I'm crazy or something like that, they pass something like SB 406, which makes it a class E felony, four years in jail, for just simply, they call it harassing with no definition. So that could be an election official. So harassing an election official, which could literally mean just asking an observer to move so you can observe or asking an election official to just simply do their job or anything that they deem that they feel is harassment could get so, you locked and thrown in the pokey for four years. <laughs> I want to interrupt you right there. So this is something that we've seen in a few different states now. And uh, it's something that's really, it, it's disastrous, right? Um, I, I mean, this has really been a, a problem. They're, they're passing these bills that basically make it all, impossible to even question an election or an election official without risking, you know, jail time, which, as we see with the J6ers, is something that they're certainly willing to do. So Nevada passed a bill like this, right? And it, and it, it just says, if you harass someone, am sure. I correct on that? It's, you know, harass, threaten. But there's no definitions. It's all void for vagueness, is a legal term, as you'd be aware. Uh, it's like moot, right? Because they don't define what any of this stuff actually means. And to go further, in in my lawsuit where I sue these three officials, as well as the county, they call that harassing and vexation. So that right there meets the, it would, they could be, it could be misconstrued into being the SB 406, where through exposing the crimes that these officials committed, they could consider that harassment, even though they're the ones that could be the criminals, right? So just by exercising my due process and my rights to bring forth you know, litigation against people that you know could be breaking the law, which I have video proof and everything else that they were, they could actually label me as you know the criminal under SB 406 because I'm simply exposing their crimes. Yeah, well, and this is a terrifying thing, right? It's almost, a, it's almost the uh, criminalization of free speech, particularly political speech, which is you know quite clearly unconstitutional. Uh, not only is the law arguably void for vagueness, but it's also arguably void because it would in, uh, potentially be inter interpreted in a way that would uh, you know violate your First Amendment rights on a pretty substantial level. I think that's a you know this is a critical thing, and the thing that we've got to understand is you know even when you've got a Republican governor. Sure. They can still push these laws through, 
right? The, yeah. And it's happening frequently in a lot of states, and uh, Nevada is no different. Now, I would love to see these Republican governors fight that a little bit harder. And, uh, you know, I'll be interested once we get going in Nevada. I always, and Robert, I know you got a lot more history there, but uh, I always try and give, you know, any, any Republican governors, Republican people in any given state the opportunity to show that they're rhinos before I start really going after them. I've heard a lot of rumors about Lombardo, but I haven't actually had the firsthand experience. So I'm going to, I'm going to just quietly and optimistically hope that as we get going in there, if we can provide, uh, you know, proper data and proper evidence and proper this, proper that, that he'll step up and do what he ought to do for the party, because if he doesn't, he won't be there much longer. But uh, so you mentioned your lawsuit and let me let me make everybody aware of what's happening here. So, Robert. Uh, well, he got sick of lawyers that didn't have any gonads or that yeah, couldn't he probably you can correct me if I'm wrong, probably couldn't even find any that would file the suit that you needed to file uh, because lawyers are so frequently, I mean, we've got the Project 65 out there. You know, if you file an election suit, they're going to come after you for sanctions. They're going to hang you out to dry. And, uh, you know, so so Robert actually went to the trouble of filing this massive lawsuit pro se, which means without an attorney, uh, which I'm going to tell you guys, for any of you that don't know, uh, that, that speaks a lot, a lot to Robert, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you don't do that if you're a, a beta wussy snowflake, because that's a big, scary project. You know, how, Robert, what, what made you decide to do that? And, and can you tell me a little bit about the decision-making process involved with, you know, we'll get to the case, but I want to talk about the process because it takes courage to do something like that. This is a big undertaking. Yeah. Well, I've got about 25 attorneys that work for me in different capacities. I've used some for election issues. I'm currently using some for election issues as well. With a case like this, however, the last time we tried using an attorney that would do something like of this nature, of this, <laughs> of, of this level of exposure of how it literally you know, chapter and verse explains the election fraud, who's doing it, how it's being done and how to save it. Uh, the last time we did anything like this, the attorney ended up taking about 2% of her findings and then filing the lawsuit on his own without anybody ever being able to read it and completely through the case. And of course, it was just such a small window to do it. He tanked the entire case and made everybody look bad. Uh, I'm not taking, that, not taking that chance again. I have lots of friends that are great attorneys, including yourself, but I wouldn't ask them to do something like this that's going to jeopardize them in their livelihoods over one case. I know it's a it's a huge case and this here exposes how they steal elections and it exposes what's happened to our country and why we see the world circling the drain because they're stealing elections and power and money through the elections to allow all this stuff to happen. This exposes that. But when you have an attorney that their livelihood depends on being able to practice law for various clients over a long period of years, this could be a very big problem for them, just like John Eastman and others, that when they come forward, they end up getting sanctioned, disbarred, et cetera, right? So I figured yeah. I'm going to do this, and this way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in the work. I'm going to work my ass off, trust in God, and this way I've got nobody to blame but myself or one corrupt-ass judge that you know screws we the people. And so I'll make sure that we have enough eyeballs on these judges to make sure they simply follow the law because I've got the facts, I've got the evidence, i got the witnesses, i got everything. So the only way that I lose is if I completely screw up somehow or I got a corrupt ass judge. That's it. So this way I've got nobody else to blame but that. So that's, that's kind of the thought process behind it. 
at the risk of blowing more sunshine up your rear, I want to I want to point out to people one of the things we talk about a lot here is I get a lot of uh, yeah I'm not a lawyer what can I do I'm not a this what can I do I yeah here's the deal you can do something right uh, we're we're talking to a guy now who who found a way to do something right and uh, hasn't stopped doing something the idea that you can't do something because you're not a lawyer or rich or a politician or a big shot or it's ridiculous i mean right now you got two guys that are doing something i was a nobody i did something robert was doing well for himself but he did stuff that's completely out of his wheelhouse so i want to encourage people and listen if you're in nevada take a look at what beatles is doing he isn't doing this. I mean, let, let's be real clear here. Uh, I'm I'm quickly becoming a Beatles fan, and the reason for that is, is that I can assure you, having gone through this stuff myself repeatedly, he ain't making money off of this. It isn't for good for him. It's not easy for him. He's going to get hit pieces. He's going to get ripped apart in the press. And I'm going to tell you, if we the people don't back guys like this, if we don't support these cases, and it doesn't mean that he's not asking you for a donation. He's just asking you to hit share. If we don't get the word out about this, if we don't back our fighters, you know, I, I'll tell you the one that gets me is, oh, these guys are all grifters. Yeah, because I've made an awful lot of money off of this. Bullshit, we're grifters. Well, we are as fighters, but you got to back your fighters. You got to back them. So I hope people will get the word out. We really want to make sure that this spreads, especially in Nevada. I want to tell you guys if you're in Nevada, if you're a part of a local group, if you're part of the grassroots, this is one of the most important things we can do. You've got to share what's going on with your grassroots groups, your activists. You know, there's a, there's a thing out there, say 20% of the people do 80% of the work, right? That's very true. We got to get that 20% to know what guys like Robert are doing to make the word, uh, word spread. We got to get it out there. And to that extent, Robert, you know, you've got, when you talk about election fraud, this is one of the things that's really foundational for me. Because with COVID, the reason that I was able to show the lies, the fraud, the deceit, and all these different things with the vaccines, with the disease, with the mass, all this stuff, was I went through, I took the time, I researched, I found the hard data, the hard evidence. And you've done the same thing. You aren't just saying that, hey, we think there was election fraud and, uh, you know, we get this this uh, mathematician that says this, and you do have some incredible mathematicians. I've seen some of the work that they've done, and it's it, it looks as dead accurate to me as it can look. But you actually did a lot more. You actually went out from the beginning and started gathering the hard evidence, the data. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, if I'm going to put my, my name and my reputation and my life and fortune and sacred honor on the line, well, then I got to know what the hell I'm talking about. So in the very beginning... You know, I put together an incredible team and right there around January of 21, we started figuring out how did it happen and who did it. Right. So and then we tried to bring it to the law enforcement, the various officials to do their part. And of course, that uh, that didn't happen. So yeah, I met with all the support you'd expect. Right, right, right. And so, yes, and to speak to the, the money and the grifting side of this, yeah, I, I paid for everything out of my own pocket with this. And I haven't asked for a penny and nobody can find a way to pay me. I don't ask for anything other than for people to get off their ass and to get involved. 
because at the end of the day, if they don't, they're going to lose everything anyways. So they're trying to figure out why they're working two, three jobs. They can't get ahead in life. They can't pay for gas, can't pay for milk, can't pay for rent, can't pay for power, can't pay for crap. Well, this is why it's through stolen elections. That's how they still look for the money. So get involved or lose it all. So they got to get off their ass. That's the only thing I ask for them. But to get back to where we started, so in January, uh, myself and good buddy Bobby Python and Roger Fowler, we started looking at the voter rules because like in construction, you got to start off with a foundation. Without a solid foundation, everything fumbles and crumbles and all that kind of stuff, right? So we uh, quickly found that there was about a 38 to 42% discrepancy in the voter rules, meaning that they were just garbage. They were trash. And when you have 38 to 42% of the rules being completely just trash, that makes it a very big problem going forward with anything and everything with when it comes to elections, including every statistic that the press and all those people put out there saying, oh, 30% of Republicans showed up to vote, or we've got, you know, X, you know, ABC up ahead in the polls, you know, by such percentage, it's all crap because the voter rolls are crap. And so everything that's derived, everything that's derived from those voter rolls, it's all crap, everything. It's like, it's like if you have a funky orange, imagine all the derivatives that come from the orange, the juice, everything else, the powder, it's all crap, right? It's nothing you would want to use. It's the same thing here. So after we found that the rolls were trash. Well, let we- me ask you something before you move on from the rolls. Mm-hmm. So the ro- voter rolls are, are trash. I agree with you. And I've looked at this, but I want you to explain specifically. Sure. You, They're trash. What does that mean? Why do you say that? Why do you believe that they're trash? Let's talk about let's define trash for the people that are listening, because I think this is the most foundational aspect of the entire election fraud thing. The voter rolls have been crap all over the country. Everybody knows it from the Secretary of State that whose job it is to keep them clean on down. And yet they continue to be that way in every single state. So so let's talk about how you know that and what you've done, like the hard, hard stuff that you've got that shows that. Okay. So to come up with the 38 to 42% that closer to 2022 rose to 52% trash. It was simple. We started off by going door to door and knocking on them and figuring out who lived there and comparing it to the rolls, right? And you funded this, right, Robert? Yeah. So so let let me be clear. This is why we're talking to Robert, right? He's not only doing all this, he funded, think of how much it costs to fund people to go knock on doors and go door to door and to write down and you did you did it i believe you got affidavits legally legally binding to affidavits that as a lawyer i can say actually they have value in court so when you say that you went he literally robert literally paid people to go door to door to get legally binding documents so when he talks about evidence when you say there's no evidence of voter fraud or issues understand that we start this is why i wanted to go back on the voter rolls we are starting from the fact that this man actually has affidavits on a door-to-door level uh, of, of issues. So so go ahead from there. Yeah, so we did door-to-door. Then we did electronic canvassing where we could actually you know, look and see what the properties are before we started deploying people out there to them. And yep. we found that that was 38 to 42% that they were in error. Now, I mean, I could keep going on and on about voter rolls, and most people know that there's 38 to 42 percent in error, right? That was in 2020. Yeah, closer to 2022, depending on the district, we were up to about 52 percent in error, meaning if 100 percent of the real voters showed up, you would still always lose. (laughs) You know, you're always going to lose because they got 52 percent. And people don't understand 
that with these voter rolls, they're like, so what if they're dirty? Well, it allows bad actors to vote those people without anybody knowing. So when Bobby Python coined the term phantom voters, that's one of the things that they do is they literally take these dirty voter rolls. And if you've got, say, 100 people on a voter roll and you got 52 of them are corrupt, they're not real, right? They're fake right. or whatever. You got 52 people that show up. Even if all 48 of the other ones show up, you're still going to lose every single time. And so they can vote all this, all these people if they want to. When I spoke with the top tech guy there at Washoe County, I'd asked him, how long would it take you to take inactive voters, flip them to active, and then vote them, and then flip them back to inactive? And it'd take him anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes to do like 40-something thousand people. People don't okay, understand. So let's... That just that, think about that for a second, that one person could say you find 52 out of 100 people that shouldn't be on the voter rolls. They're not going to remove them because the law won't allow them to, right? The, the law allows them to remove them under certain instances, but they right. refuse to do this. So they just switch them to inactive versus removing them. And so if Tom says, hey, I want a copy of the voter rolls and I want to be able to see that these things are clean and they've been purged or maintained as per the NRSs, all that kind of stuff. You'll see that out of these 100 people, maybe now you got 48 voters, but you got 52 that are inactive. But then come election day, right, come election day, those 52 get voted. They, they, they switch them to active. They vote them and they put them back. And there's no way to tell. And how do they cover that up? Because they're saying, well, there's only 48 people that should be voting, right? So Tom would be like, yo, ROV, what the hell's going on here? There's only 48 people in this entire freaking precinct. How could they possibly be voting? Like, oh, well, in Washoe County, you can vote in any precinct. So it's probably yeah. people from other precincts that came to that precinct to vote. So they're constantly finding ways to sweep up, you know, the fraud to cover this up. So that way they always have these excuses. So what you have to do is you got to get all these inactive people off the rolls, get all the fake, the phantoms, everybody off the rolls and be stuck with just legitimate voters. And in Nevada, they, may, they basically register everybody to vote under AVR, which is an automatic voter registration through the DMV. So regardless of who it is, they're automatically, you know, if they're illegal aliens, you name it, they're being registered to vote in the state of Nevada. And whether they want to or not, they could end up voting even though they never voted because people yeah. were voting for them. And we can prove Well, it. let me stop here because I want to I want to interject this because what you're saying is so critical and a lot of people aren't getting this. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients. Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution. And now 
We have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Understand that we're not talking about the voter rolls being a little bit off, first of all. We're talking about 52% in some of those. So you, you could have bad, non-existent voters. And when we say bad, understand we're not saying a guy who's a bad guy or this, that, or the other. We're saying that there, 52% of the people on the roll, on the voter roll, don't exist or aren't legally registered to be there. They shouldn't be allowed to vote in that area for whatever reason. Maybe they've moved. Maybe they don't exist. Maybe they've died. Maybe, the, well, you pick your thing, right? So 52%, over half of the people. So we're, t- we're talking about even if, if 100% of the real people vote for, say, Donald Trump, that 52% could theoretically override his vote. And how would you know? And the other thing that Robert just said, and I want to be real clear about this, when they talk about turning active, inactive voters off, this is where machines and computers come into play, right? So you've got them registered. And when you go in to vote, you've got to be registered and you've got to be an active voter for you to do that. Otherwise, you get flagged as fraud, right? But what Robert's saying is that in 5 to 15 minutes, one man in one county could add 40 some thousand voters to the roll and there's no way to know that he did that. There's no way to track that. So if you've got one corrupt official that's doing that, that could throw the the election for an entire state, 40 some thousand. So if you've got one corrupt official in say uh, Maricopa County or Washaw County or you know, uh, you know Clark County, uh, that one person could change the state from a Donald Trump to a Joe Biden vote by himself, and it would be untrackable. And because of the way the voting occurs and some of the laws that they've put in place work, it would not only be untrackable, but you really couldn't even challenge it properly. There'd be no way to even even challenge it well in court, which is how you know they're going after these attorneys. So I, I really want people to be crystal clear because when we talk about the voter fraud, 
this is a complicated issue because the, the people that are behind it are so brilliant at what they do that they realize that the, the key is to make this too complicated for people to understand and just say, no, look, at we've got all these tracking things in place. But the, things, the thing is, is they've got these trackers. There are fraud alerts, right? But the fraud alert isn't going to work if you've turned the inactive voters to active and then turned them back off. And no one's even going to know. There's no record of it. So what Robert is talking about and what Robert's uncovered is a potential for fraud that is massive, absolutely massive. And this same foundational principle that Robert actually paid people to go out and check by hand and get legally binding affidavits on is what's happened around the country. This is how the steal occurred. They inflated the voter rolls. They moved some people into active that were inactive. They put fake ballots in. If you guys have watched and you've seen the guys, you know, the, the what is it, a thousand mules or whatever, the mules movie, you know, where they bring in these, these fake ballots, they're bringing in fake ballots for people that they know are probably illegal voters. I mean, this is how this whole process worked. It was a brilliant scheme. But Robert's got a lot more than this, so let's talk more about you know what other evidence you found. I just want to reiterate that and clarify it for people because it's so foundational to your work. Yeah, I mean, this is one of about you know ten thousand things that we found. We started with the foundation first, so we were able to show that these things are trash. That they're able to flip these guys from inactive to active, have their own—they don't even know it—but you know, have them all on audio and video, admitting all the stuff that they can do. So have all that. Um, then to prove it even further, when I tried doing two different recalls that I funded to recall a county commissioner and to recall a uh, school board trustee, we quickly quickly found out that, for instance, in District 4, the county commission district, that there was about 96, 97.5% of the district was fully registered to vote, meaning that anybody that was over 18 years old, if you had 100 people, 97.5 of them were registered to vote. Completely impossible, because back before, Eric, back before these ADRs and automatic voter registration type things and these voter roll systems and you know companies, we would be at like 40, maybe 60% uh, with active registered voters. Now we're at 97, 97.5, whatever it was, in this district. And so then when we go door to door, knocking on these doors, you know, saying, hey, look, we have to find 25% of the people that voted in your election to be able to recall you. So we got to find 25% of the voters and have them sign saying we want you recall. So we go to these doors and we go to all the Republicans because I was trying to recall a, a so-called Republican. None of these people voted for him. None of these people, I would say uh, like 90, it was like, what was it? Like 80, 90% of the people that we that we found, none of them were either correct on the voter rolls or voted at all in the election. Then we found these nursing homes and they were all voting for people and these people aren't even capable of voting. And so we have testimony from these people that worked at these at these nursing homes explaining what happened and how the process worked. Give me so, an example on that, Robert, because this is really important. I want people to understand about the people who are literally incapacitated, but supposedly voted. Yeah, so there'd be like a nurse that's in charge of you know, helping helping a senior that needs that needs help. They may not have his mental capacities or whereabouts with them any, any longer. And then somebody comes in from one of these organizations, and then they gather up all these ballots, and then somehow they get filled out and somehow they get voted. And the person 
whose name is on the ballot, of course, didn't do it. So there's, there's uh, let's just call it parties at play here that are doing nefarious things. Because in Nevada, they have what's called, you know, mail-in ballots to everybody, right? So everybody gets a ballot. It's, ballots, it's like fun coupons on the on the strip there in Vegas with, you know, with all the hookers and everything. <laughs> they're, they're all over the, the apartment buildings. They're all over the street. Just ballots everywhere. You just gather them up. And Tom could go grab, you know, 300,000 ballots if he wanted and take them all to one place. All to one place where machines count the ballots, machines count the bubbles, and then a couple people who are breaking every law that there is behind closed doors come out and tell us what the machines say and who who the machines say won. So, like, in a nutshell, imagine this. You're able to send 300,000 ballots out. One person goes and picks them all up, takes them to one place, and behind, you know, just just like a, like a magic act, that you see all these ballots and envelopes coming through this process, but it's all being counted by machines. Everything, the bubbles, the ballots, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And then a couple, of people, a couple of people behind closed doors then come out and tell Tom and the rest of the county who won the election. And yeah. now you have no way whatsoever, no way to verify anything because they came out with what's called a, a secret ballot act, right? So the secret ballot act, basically you've got your envelope and you got your ballot. And once you separate them, you can no longer tell who voted, right? You can't because on the actual ballot itself, on the ballot, there's nothing on it. There's no, no there's nothing whatsoever, just bubbles, and that's it. Can't see whose it is. But on the envelope, now here's the funny thing. On the envelope, I can get a copy of every single envelope of every single voter in Washoe County. It's going to have Tom's name. It's going to have his precinct number, his party affiliation, his address, and his signature. Enough for me to steal your ID and create a another Tom Renz and go out and you know have a nice life, you know, spending a whole bunch of money that's uh, tied to you. I could do that for every single person in the county that voted. So to However, be clear, to be clear, you have the right to access the ballot envelopes. Yes. Which means that the idea that somehow keeping the ballots themselves separated, mm-hmm. it, they, they like to say, so the other side likes to say, we're doing this so that you can't be tracked in your voting, except for that's not true. No. The reality is you are tracked. We can tell that you voted. There's enough information. I can steal your identity publicly, but they don't want the actual ballot tracked because if it was tracked, they couldn't steal the election. That would make it harder. So this is another layer along with the the voter rolls. Understand that the lack of transparency, the lack of accountability, the break in the chain of control over these ballots occurs between the envelope and the, the ballot inside. So this is a crucial, crucial thing because right now, 15, 20 minutes into talking to Robert, we know that we could fix any issues with our election by passing legislation that requires that you show up in person to vote and have an ID and that your registration occurs at that time and not before, not after. And if you're not there to vote and you don't vote in person with an ID, you don't get you, you your vote can't count. And second of all, uh, and we could, by the way, allow for a, a similar mechanism or an alternative mechanism to allow for military voters and absentees. I mean, there are ways to do that. We could deal with that. The second thing that we know is that if we if we made one other minor modification to the law that required that that ballot and that envelope be tied together so that we can actually, in a very transparent way, track that, 
we would eliminate another major hole. So we've got two very basic solutions. And I like writing legislation that's a page or less. If I can do two pages or less, that's fine. But I don't like doing much more than that. So right now, we're at about a half a page of legislation that we could pass. And all the legislation would say is uh, that that we'd make a requirement for voting, uh, you know, either in person or to verify if it's if it's absentee, and a requirement that that ballots uh, be be trackable and verifiable in the sense that we can ensure that someone is actually uh, who they say they are, right? So those two things would not affect privacy. They would eliminate any issues. And when we get done with this, as we look at potential solutions, what you've got to understand is I'm going to say to everybody, these are basic transparency laws. These are basic, basic things, right? If you don't, if you oppose it, why? Why are you opposed to transparency? If you say there's no election fraud, why would you oppose this sort of legislation? Where is it? Where is this? And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, it would be really nice if Robert and I, after we get a little bit further down the road, could provide some model legislation. Maybe we can get a, a you know, a, a courageous Republican in Nevada to sponsor that. Maybe we can get Governor Lombardo to back it. I mean, this is basic stuff. One two-page bill that could actually guarantee that elections are transparent and safe. Why wouldn't we do that? And why would anyone oppose that? And that's the question we'll ask if we get this together and get it put out. Oh, I so, think we, <laughs> I think well, we know we're not going to back it because these these people are cheating, and the way that they're cheating is through the system that currently exists. And so they have absolutely no incentive to change it as long as they're winning. Uh, but you know, th- this is just a couple of the things that we found, right? This, I mean, I could go on for for hours literally in the thousands of different things that we found. But for instance, like signature verification, it's literally the only safeguard that we have in Nevada because they don't require ID. They don't require like any form of identification for most anything. You can literally just vote. You can literally just show up to these polling places anywhere in the county. I think now pretty much anywhere in the state and just freaking vote. It's so laxed. It's, it's ridiculous. So they don't check the signatures. So that's literally our only safeguard. So if we get a ballot and it says Tom Renz on it, and it's it's on the envelope, of course, it's not on the ballot itself. And the signature worker, right, the worker that's verifying signatures isn't properly doing it because she was instructed not to by the Register of Voters, which, of course, we have you know proof of as well. So imagine that. You get the Register of Voters telling the employees, don't bother with the signature verification. Just pass them all. Pass them all. It's okay. Pass them. Wow. Right? So that's that's literally our only safeguard, and we got these corrupt a holes just saying pass them all, right? So that's which is illegal, of course, of course it violates countless NRS, right? So Nevada revised statutes, like we had two class action lawsuits. I sued the county uh, in Washoe. We sued Clark County. I guaranteed that we would get uh, full observation rights into the election, full observation rights. Anytime they're working, we're allowed to observe the process because in 2020 they locked us out for 14 days and then they come out and tell us who wins right so we uh, won our, our class our two class action lawsuits by getting the only thing that we cared about was observation yeah so guess what when we had the elections they broke our court orders right so they did so, of course they they closed the doors and they counted all the votes in secret the the register of voters and the assistant register of voters and their their top tech guy and and a couple you know service providers behind closed doors they're in there telling us what the machines say 
right? So there's just one of the other things. It's just like in what your was their explanation for that, Robert. What, what what did they say? What did they claim when they said that we're going to you know not follow this court order? This is how we did it last time. So this is how we're doing it this time. <laughs> did you guys go back to court? Did you have anything that you did right there to say you know hey can we? Oh yeah, yeah. They again, it's just so corrupt, right? It's so corrupt. Like th this whole process. I mean, hell, the algorithm that we found, right? So a good friend of mine, Edward Solomon, and we found an algorithm like just a few months after January 6th, right? That literally shows every single precinct in the two largest counties in Nevada voted identically the same. So they're on separate sides of the state. You got Nevada, then you got Clark County way at one end, and you got Washoe way at the other end, and every single precinct voted identically the same. All right. But then the other 15 counties voted all over the board, as well as Carson City, all over the board. Yeah, like you'd expect. Of course, mathematically impossible, but it's enough to flip every single vote. And what they did was they got really freaking lazy. And the algorithm that they used basically locked everything in at a 64 percent, um, you know, just uh, number. Right. So the, the algo was very lazy and everybody had their vote flipped to a margin of 64 percent. So, and I'm meaning that it exactly 64% of the votes went exactly the same way in each precinct in the two largest cities in Nevada. Uh, exactly. So, we're supposed to believe that in every precinct in uh, Las Vegas and in every precinct in Reno, uh, everybody voted the exact same numbers uh, for the exact same people. Uh, folks, you talking about hearing this? You talk about conspiracy. You know what would have to happen for that to happen? Every single person in the two largest counties would have to get together, talk, and say, hey, Tom, this is how I'm going to vote. Hey, Bill, this is how I'm going to vote. Hey, Sarah, this is how I'm going to vote. How are you going to vote? Every single person would have to do that. And then every person would have to vote identically that way. It is impossible. And I put rewards out. Here's $80,000. Prove me wrong. I've had every major media source you know, attack me. I've had 60 different PhDs. I'll try to prove me wrong. They all said, shit, he's right. What are you going to do now? Right. Well, let's just call him a, I don't know, an anti-Semite and a racist. Right. So just make a wrap up about me versus, hey, here's here's his argument. Let's bring our best and brightest in here and let's poke it so full of holes to show the whole world he's a clown and full of crap and take his money. Well, they all try that. and like, crap, he's right. So what do we do? He's a racist. He's an anti-Semite. Right. Well, this is what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what they do with me. I mean, yeah, listen, they can't they can't beat me, so they just uh, they make stuff up. I mean, but generally speaking, you know, that's the that's the best sign that you're doing a good job. So, I mean, that's I think, Robert, I think what we're going to have to do is uh, we're going to have to do another one of these because I think you got quite a bit more. Well, I and, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is really compelling and I want people to understand and to hear again the thing that I think is most compelling about Robert's story is he's funding this out of his pocket. The guy ain't making a dime off of this. What I mean, what have you heard him promoting that's good for himself on this? I mean, he's getting called racist. He's getting called monster. He's getting called this. He's getting beat up in the press. They're attacking him. What is he getting out of this at all in any way, shape, or form? And the answer is nothing, absolutely nothing, other than some hope that maybe he can help free his country. And uh, that's the key thing. And that's what's compelling about your story, Robert. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about this, because you're doing all this work. You're not getting a damn thing out of it other than attacked. And, you know, your bank account getting smaller. And 
you know, what do we, you know, so, so I think that's very compelling. Plus, when I look at Robert's evidence, evidence, right? So I'm looking as an attorney at evidence. This isn't speculation. He's got affidavits. He's got people who knocked on doors. He's got people who talked to people directly, firsthand witness type stuff. He's got stuff that is absolutely valid in a court. He's got evidence that is really, and it comes back to this. If the other side's not hiding anything, why is there so little transparency? If there's no election fraud occurring, why do we keep passing laws to make it less transparent? All we're asking for is transparency. And, you know, there's a real easy way to prove that guys like me and Robert are nuts. Pass transparency legislation and then get the same result. Let's see how things go. If you pass some of this basic legislation, let's see how it goes then. And why would you oppose it? Why would you oppose transparency legislation? What do you have to fear if you're telling the truth? And the answer is nothing if you're telling the truth, but they're not. That's the truth of the matter. Beatles is out here busting his ass and showing everybody what's going on. And all they got is your conspiracy theorist. Well, I got news for you. I spent some time with Beatles. I started reviewing his stuff. I've gone over some stuff. I've reviewed some of his cases. This isn't, this isn't conspiracy theory. There's no conspiracy theory here. These are just facts that are unanswered. And, you know, what I want to do is I want to get this all together and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get the, you know, do it. We'll do another interview. We'll talk some more about some of the other stuff you've got, Robert. And, but I want to get this stuff pulled together and I want to make the case. I want to make the case. I want, I want to make the case that not only is there fraud, but that for whatever reason, there's an outright battle to avoid, uh, you know, seeing it in the courts, seeing it anywhere, seeing it anything, right? I want, I want people to see what's happening. And then I want you to tell us what's wrong. You tell us where we're making our error. Let's get this out there. Let's, so please, if you're watching this, please share this. Please make sure everybody sees this. Hashtag Nevada, first of all, because we've got to make this run with the grassroots in Nevada or it's meaningless. Second of all, if you're in Nevada, wherever you are, send Beatles a thank you note. I mean, this guy's busting his hump for nothing. He's busting his hump for our future. So give him a thank you. Give him a high five. He's not asking for anything. Give him a high five. That is the least you can do. Okay, so then last of all, please support us. You know, I do this show every day. We got our books out, Mod RNA, Why It Matters and Other Essays. We got our CBDC book is coming out. Uh, it's, it should be out now. We've got uh, a, a lawfare book that's coming out. We're going to have an election book coming out uh, that, uh, you know, may or may not be relevant to this. Uh, we'll, we'll tease you a little bit on that right now. And then uh, we're going to have, uh, I think we're going to do a Christmas book because I love Santa Claus. And, uh, you know, uh, just to keep you all on your toes. Lots of books, support rens-law.com, tomrens.com, give to our give, send, go. We need donations. We need your support so we can keep fighting. But, Robert, thank you so much for your time. And we, we come back and tell us some more about this. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, lots of hope in the future. This by no means is a loss. And we have a court case coming up on November 20th. So I'll be there uh, oral arguments in front of the three defendants as well as uh, their defense team in front of the judge. So that'll be Carson City. 1.30 p.m. on November 20th. Hope to see everybody there. It's going to be great. Please support Robert in this. Please. I'm going to tell you something. It takes some courage to do this. You know, I, I've walked into plenty of courtrooms. 
to walk in there as a pro se guy doing this stuff. This is this is no beta wussy here. This isn't a snowflake we're talking to. This is a guy who's fighting, and I'm I'm proud to call him a friend here because that's my kind of people, right? So you make sure that we're supporting him. Uh, check out you uh, check out Robert. Where else can they support you? By the way. Yeah, I'll never ask for a dime. I have the worst business model in the world when it comes to this. So it's horrible for my reputation, horrible for my bank account. Uh, it's the opposite thing that you would ever want to do in business, but they can find no way to pay me because I won't take any of their money. Uh, they can go to operationsunlight.com. That's uh, operationsunlight.com. Like you put the sunlight on the cockroaches and watch them scurry. There, I usually post a few times a week exposing different issues within the county or the state of Nevada, how they do things. Um, and, uh, you know, facts, evidence, all that kind of stuff, copy paste formulas form. And then of course there's a sidebar where they can connect with all kinds of great people that do all kinds of great things. Um, if they want to get involved in, and help, uh, one of the other people like yourself or, uh, Bobby Biden or, you know, in, all, all these types of things that they can do if they feel like they want to get involved at some level, uh, just with uh, effort versus money. Help us get this out there. Support this guy. This is a patriot. This is an American guy. This is what we need. We need more Americans like Robert Beatles. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything.
everybody, and welcome to the Stack of Stuff. We got a short stack today. Uh, the show was going pretty long. We had the, uh, that great interview with Robert Beatles, uh, and so we're doing a short stack today. It's kind of uh, it's uh, it's the little people of Substacks, right? The what 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 is the right way to say that? I don't know what the proper way. Little people is that PC? I don't. I'm looking at my producer. I don't. Little people. Do we do we call them midgets? Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I always thought, I always thought that was kind of neat. You know, the little guy. That's, that's kind of. Anyways, okay. I'm getting myself in trouble. I, I actually don't know what the PC way to say that is. Uh, anyways, but this is the little people of. Uh, we're going with little people today. This is the little people of Substacks, right? It's uh, small and mighty, powerful, strong, right? And I want to start out with this. Right. This is Steven Crowder. And Steven Crowder got a copy of uh, this Nashville Shooters Manifesto. Here we go. I'm going to let him go with this. Let, let me ask you this. People said, what's the motive? What's going on while they're talking about gun control? One thing. We know this shooter was transgender. We know that this shooter shot up a Christian school. We know that this shooter um, obviously did not like people who were, who were conservative Christian. We, okay. If everyone knew, oh, the manifesto cites white privilege. What? This person would probably be known as the white privilege shooter. That's the trans true. white privilege shooter. What? They're always looking for, for coin nicknames. Well, there you go. If you have to distill it, let's distill Nashville it. Nashville white privilege. Killer. We know why this person did it. Racism by any other name is just as shitty. And my problem isn't just with this shooter, though, of course it is. It's the fact that, are we November 6th? Yes. November 6th, 2023? Holy. My problem isn't just with the leftist media who would want to bury it. Racism. No conservatives out there? With hundreds of millions of dollars? What is happening here, no one folks? Did the digging? No one thought this was relevant? We what? have an unbelievable, they are lean and they are mean. It's a handful of people. Yeah. But these are people who've worked at a lot of these other networks. You see that? These are people who have said, all right. A little nervous, but excited too. Been excited for these past two weeks. There were several times I could have been caught, especially back in the summer of 2021. None of that matters now. I'm almost an hour plus seven minutes away. Can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. My only fear is if anything goes wrong, I'll do my best to prevent any of the sort. Wow. God, let me, God, let my wrath take over my anxiety. It might be 10 minutes tops. It might be three to seven. It's gonna go quick. I hope I have a high death count. Ready to die, ha ha, signed Aiden. Um. Next page, Audrey. Kill those kids, three exclamation points. Those crackers mm. going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis and sports Seems backpacks relatively racist with their M dash 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 daddies mustangs and convertibles fuck you little shits i wish to shoot you weak ass dicks with your mop yellow hair hmm. wanna kill all you little crackers again bunch of little faggots wait with wait, your wait, white wait privileges wait 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 did he just say the f-a-g-g-o-t word i thought this was a trans lunatic that doesn't like uh white people hmm Fuck you, faggots. Then we have the schedule. 
Death Day, 6.30, Desired. It's covered by a sticky note, 7 a.m., Get Dressed, 7.05 to 8.55. It says, with stuffed animals plus possessions, 9 a.m., Eat Breakfast at Home. The home is encircled in a heart shape, 9.30, Pack Up Special Belongings and Backpack. Test knife core breaker, leave for Royal Range, gear up, plus setup, guns and trunk, final videotape, leave for Covenant School. So, the schedule isn't necessarily something I need to go through in detail, but we will provide it for you. Um, All right, folks, we're going to stop right there. That's what we got. You want to know who the mass shooters are? That's it. Trans lunatic. Racist trans lunatic. Doesn't like people because of the color of their skin. That is your Nashville shooter. The Nashville white privilege shooter. The white privilege killer. That is who you have. Shooting children. Because that's a good leftist, folks. That's what you got. You want to talk about tragedy? There's tragedy for you. This is sick beyond words. Thanks to Crowder for getting that. Uh, Wow. What can we say about that, folks? What can we say? All right. Headline, outcomes of early treatment with hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, uh, azithromycin, an analysis of 30,000 COVID patients. McCullough did this. They did a study. Shocker. HCQ and azithromycin uh, save lives. Who would have thunk that? Um, We're moving real quick on this because there's so many different things. uh, And we do have our short stack today, but... Headline, libraries and counties cut tie with American Library Association after Marxist lesbians election, right? So you've got this lunatic that just got elected to the American Library Association who is a Marxist lesbian, proudly. And uh, this, I don't know, more sickness, more, more illness. Folks, our country is in trouble. Our country is on fire. I don't know. We either stand together or we lose everything. I need you to go buy our books. Uh, Mod RNA, Why It Matters and Other Essays. CBDCs, Why It Matters and Other Essays. And, uh, yeah, it's out on Barnes & Noble right now, coming out on Amazon shortly uh, on the CBDC book. It, it's out there. Get there. Go to TomRens.com. Support us. Support the America Out Loud Network and the Tom Renz Show. 